Hi everybody, this is Lori Handlers, and you're listening to another episode of Tantra Cafe, a program for spiritual enlightenment, and I'm thrilled to be back with you this week. I just want to remind you, by the way, that you can follow me on Twitter, Facebook, or you can write to me at laurie at tantracafe.com. And by the way, today's show is being brought to you by Silk, S-Y-L-K, a personal lubricant that enhances your pH on the inside. So today my question for everybody is, why would somebody go from having a cushy corporate job to becoming a sensual healer, a sensual sexual healer? My guest today calls herself a sex and consciousness consultant, and she offers men, women, and couples teachings that are meant to inspire sexual wholeness and erotic freedom. And she focuses on empowering people to catalyze their own life force energy to manifest a life they hadn't previously dared to dream possible. So we're going to find out from her what that means, because she comes from the corporate world. She was in a world of banking. She had high positions, and she prefers to heal people this way. My guest's name today is Leela Sullivan. Hi, Leela. Hi, Laurie. It's a pleasure to be here. Thank you. And Lila's here with me in my home studio, so it's wonderful to have her. Usually, you know, my guest is somewhere else, but today she's here with me. So let's find out. You have done exactly what I said. You have gone from being a corporate executive. What What, what did you do in the corporate world? It was banking, yeah? Yes, I was in banking for close to 20 years. And uh, the last job that I officially held in banking was as chief financial officer. It was a small community bank, a commercial bank in Baltimore, where I'm originally from. And so you left there, and did you just jump? Like, what inspired you to become a sex and consciousness consultant? Did you jump right into that? Did you have, like, a an aha moment, or did you... Did, was it a sort of path? It was, it was definitely more of a path. Um, the job right before the CFO position was one that when I was thinking, I'd been in it for several years, and it was a controller for a credit union. And when I was thinking about leaving it, um, I was considering a massage career because I really felt like I was wanting to do much more in the healing arts and really get away from um, corporate. And um, then I ended up taking the CFO position which I originally turned down, and then I decided that I would be crazy to turn it down and that I should you know, be a good way to end that world to be, you know, in the top position in my field um, first. And so I did that for a few years, and um, I had gotten back into yoga. And, you know, I, yoga was something that really I did a lot as a child, and um, I had had some health issues and had had a hysterectomy, and, and when I had taken time off to recover from that, it was the first time I'd taken time off in my adult life, and, you know, and I really started looking at, well, what is it that I used to do to help myself feel better, and I always turned to yoga, right, except I called it stretching at the time, I never really thought of it as yoga, I, I, was just, knew, I just knew I stretched all the time, yeah. I, you know, it would be the Aerosmith and Led Zeppelin or Pink Floyd or something, but I was always <laughs> in my room stretching. But I have to go back and ask you a question. When sure. you were at the top of your game in the banking industry, can you give us a ballpark figure of, like, what your income was then, like, that you would walk away from? Because a lot of people would be going, like, ah! It was a little shy of a six-figure income. Okay. And it was also, you know, back in, um, what was it? It was 2001 when I left. Okay. So, so listen, a little shy of a six-figure income in today's economy. Right. Some people would like to be that shy. Yeah. You know. Yeah. All right. So you so you got back into yoga and stretching things that he yeah. did you. Yeah. And so there was this day because I was you know I had 
with the cushy job, I also was, you know, going to the gym and, you know, I'd show up in my little power suit. And um, I was very aware of things like when I was in the locker room and going to change into my yoga outfit, I felt like I was going to crawl through the floor and die if somebody actually walked in the room and saw me changing clothes. I had such issues with my body. And I had so many things, like my personal healing journey in terms of my own sexuality has been a lifelong, it's been my entire adult life. And there just came this day where I realized that there was something fundamentally wrong with that, that there was, you know, I should be totally comfortable in my body. And it was just, you know, women changing in a locker room and this there was something not normal about this. And so I bet you that there are so many women out there. I I mean, I'm willing to wager you. I'd wager a million bucks. That there are so many women out there who have that very same issue, mm-hmm. that they hate their bodies. They're loathing. They're mm-hmm. self-loathing how they feel and look about themselves. Yeah, of course, now you can't get me to keep my clothes on. But that's, <laughs> that's like a whole, like other, that. that's a whole other story. Um, yeah, I, it was it was really um, – I was a very different person um, not that long ago, you know, nine, ten years ago. Like yeah. So um, I had this incident happen one day where I, I sprained my ankle. And um, and I was reflecting on how it felt like every time I started to really get some momentum in terms of physical health and, and really um, embracing something, that I, somehow I got sabotaged. I, you know, I sabotaged myself in some way. So the latest was, I, you know, I tripped and sprained my ankle. And so as I was sitting there, I wasn't feeling sorry for myself. I was really more reflecting on how far I'd come already at that point, even though I was still in banking and, um, and I was doing, and I was just doing yoga part time. Um, and I had just bought my first yoga journal magazine, um, like a week before and it had just been sitting on the coffee table. And so I've been reflecting on all these things that I had gained in, you know, and learned in terms of body awareness and, and, um, and I thought to myself, wow, wouldn't it be really amazing if there was something like this for kids? That, like, if I had learned these things about my body and had been more consciously aware of the fact that I was doing yoga and, and all when I was a kid, I wonder how different my life would have been because I was very aware of some real differences in the right side and the left side of my body from ice skating and, you know, like the one side that would flow and the other side that was always a little stuck, you know. And, um, and with that, I ended up, I decided to, like, go turn on my music or something in my living room and without even thinking of it I opened up my I picked up my yoga journal opened it up and went straight to an ad that was the yoga kids certification and I looked at that I'm getting goosebumps as I always get goosebumps when I told the story and I thought oh well there it is there is a program I guess I'm supposed to do that so I uh I went to the first level training it was outside of Chicago with Marsha Winnick and I thought well you know, I don't really know that much about yoga. I don't really know that much about children. If I'm going to do this, I'm really going to have to leave the bank and devote myself full time to this because, you know, just how you want to be a yoga teacher for children when you don't have a background in, in either is a little. But um, it was inspired. I mean, what totally you're talking inspired. about was an inspiration that came right guidance. out of you. Well, if I could, if this could happen to me, if I could get, yoga could help me, it could help in all these people younger. And the fact that, you know, I was just thinking this in my head, and then without even thinking. The book opened. I opened up the magazine yeah. right to the ad. I, I felt like it was this divine invention. You're supposed to do this. So I, uh, the next thing I knew, you know, within a few months of taking the first level, I uh, resigned from the bank to become a yoga teacher for children. 
and it, it's kind of evolved from that. Well, <laughs> well, tell us a little bit more about that just for a minute, because probably it's a very new concept to a lot of people that children could actually take yoga and start to feel really good. See, this is so connected to Tantra anyway. Absolutely. Because if children would feel good about their bodies and wouldn't have all these body issues and sexual hang-ups, and they'd grow up to be healthy, well-adjusted adults. Well, we'd be out of a job, probably. But. <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. We'd come up with some other thing we want to do. Right, right, right. <laughs> and I'd be a dancer or something. <laughs> so, um, so, yeah, so how, so, so how long were you in this children's? How long was the training? How long did you stay with that? The training was a few hundred hours. It was a lot of home study and then um, gathering um, uh-huh. a few times with Marsha um, to complete the training. What's her name again? Marsha Winnick. Winnick. Yeah, yoga, yoga kids. Yoga kids. Yeah. Okay. And um, so that it was a full year actually that program um, to do the whole to do the whole program was a full year. And so along the way, I ended up becoming a yoga teacher for um, adults and children, and doing yoga therapy with special needs children. One of the assignments that we had in the yoga kids program had to do with you know just donating half hour of your time and work with a special needs child. I was like, are you kidding? Who's going to let me hear their child? You know, I mean, I just felt so overwhelmed with that. Yeah. And, uh, so I had heard about this other woman, and, and a lot of people that had done the Yoga Kids program had also studied with this other woman, who is um, Sonia Sumar, and her program is Yoga for the Special Child. So I decided that um, to I was going to read her book, and that maybe after I read her book, I would feel comfortable doing this half-hour assignment that related to my Yoga Kids certification. And um, the first thing I did when I opened the book is she started talking about, you know, basically you're going to be, I would be playing with baby's feet, you know, because it was about, you know, working with very young infants when they're first diagnosed with um, whether it be Down syndrome or cerebral palsy or, or whatever. And that, you know, very early on that you could start working with them. Um, and one of the things you would be doing would be working with their feet and massaging and, and, um, and doing different things to stretch the feet. So it's like, okay, so I could make, I could earn a living. Playing with baby's feet. <laughs> oh my god, this is so cool! And so, um, by That's the time amazing. I finished, by the time I finished the book, I knew I needed to study with this woman as well. And she turned out to be my spiritual mother. Um, I think of her as my spiritual mother. And um, her guru was uh, Swami Sachidananda, who um, is the Swami Indra that opened yeah Indra 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 Indra. Indra. He brought say, yoga to the United States. I Swami and he opened up and he opened up Woodstock, which is one of the things I love right. to share about him. Right. He said the prayer at Woodstock. And so um, I had options for the first level training with her to take it lots of different places. Well, the only place that she offered it as a residential was at the at uh, Sachidananda's ashram in Yogaville. And I thought, well, I think I'd like to have an ashram experience. I have no idea what that'll be like. And so I think I'll do that there rather than go be in some hotel right. in New York for it. And so I arrived on Sunday and um, and Tuesday as the first child was being brought in for us to work with. Um, it was September 11th. And that and happened. That wow. And so the couple that was bringing their child in to work with us was how we found out um, that that had just happened. And I thought we're, of all. We're going to have to stop. Okay, sure. So we'll we'll be right back. If you if you just tuned in, you're listening to Tantra Cafe, a program for spiritual enlightenment. I'm Laurie Handlers, your host. This is my favorite thing to do. And my guest today is Leela Sullivan, who went from a corporate position, a pretty high ranking officer in banking to her her spiritual transition she she's now has been telling us about working yoga with children and soon she's going to tell us how she got into inspiring people for sexual wholeness and erotic freedom so stay tuned we'll be right back 
Have you ever wished for an end to pests in and around your home, around your office? Stop paying for dangerous chemicals that can harm your children, your pets, and your clients. Today in Arizona and Florida, an environmentally responsible pest control company named Ladybug has set up shop to provide natural and organic pest control services. Ladybug can help you stop even the most persistent, nastiest bugs with green, organic products that are friendly to people and pets. In addition, there are franchise opportunities in Arizona, Florida, and throughout the USA. To learn more about Ladybug's home-friendly and earth-smart green pest control services, visit the Ladybug website at ladybugcorp.com or call us at 561-276-7600. Ladybug guarantees you another eco-friendly, pest-free day naturally. Wondering what book you should read to jumpstart your sex life and increase your happiness? Try my book, Sex and Happiness, The Tantric Laws of Intimacy by me, Laurie Handlers. This short, easy-to-read book will make you laugh at yourself, and it may possibly make you cry as you discover my tantric secrets for happiness and how they apply to you. In the book, I begin with the tenth law, make love in the unknown. And then I work you all the way through laws one through nine to teach you how to be in the unknown, fresh, every moment of every day of your life. Sex and happiness puts the innocence and love back into sex and gives Tantra the respect it deserves. It's only $19.99 in paperback and $14.99 ebook. Go to sexandhappiness.com to order your copy of Sex and Happiness by me. Laurie Handlers, the host of Tantra Cafe. I'm back. This is Laurie Handlers. You're with us on Tantra Cafe. And my guest today is Leela Sullivan. And she was just telling us how she started. She was studying uh, yoga for children. And she was figuring out how to make a living after coming from a cushy corporate job. And uh, she was talking about how she went to Yogaville in, near Charlottesville, Virginia with Swami Satyajananda. And what happened then? What happened on your second or it was Tuesday or whatever? So I, I met him on, we weren't supposed to meet him until Saturday. There was going to be a satsang with him on Saturday. And then, of course, because of the September 11th happening, there was a special right. satsang that evening. So we uh, we well, met with him. Well, what's satsang? Oh, um, you know, a gathering where people have an opportunity to ask questions and he answers questions and just has a conversation about, um, or discussion. On so any master, right, yeah. any master, people would sit with the master and ask questions yeah. and the master would answer back. Okay, yeah. great. So and so he had everyone, because he also had a location in Manhattan that was very close to Ground Zero. And uh, so they were on speakerphone, and so a lot of it was they were asking questions and looking for guidance and help and support. Right, sure. And we were there, um, you know, as well. And um, so all I know is that that evening when I heard him speak, it was the first, you know, I had had this whole world inside my head that I didn't share with most people in terms of my belief systems and um, and how I view the world, and which was very different from <laughs> what I would experience in corporate America. And that day, I thought of all the places I could be in the world. Here I am here, and I'm listening to somebody who actually thinks like I do. Wow. And That's got to be an epiphany. It was. I felt I, I felt like I finally found family in a way, that there was like, wow, I'm not the only one out there that thinks like this. This is really cool. And then the next day, I was asked if I wanted a spiritual name from him, because my name was not Leela originally. Sullivan is my, um, my maiden name, um, but my name was originally Lisa. 
And so uh, I was asked if I wanted a spiritual name, and I was like, well, I don't really know what I would do with it, but it seems like I should be saying yes to this. I mean, this is a pretty auspicious um, timing in terms of my being here. So I, I said yes, and I was told that my name was Leela, that I was to spell it L-E-E-L-A, that it meant divine play and to play yeah. my part well. And I'm like, okay, I have no idea what that means, but I guess I'll be finding out. What and a great then, name to give you. Yeah. 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 And, and I have really come to embody it yeah. quite a bit. And I, I legally changed it to my name about five years ago. Wow. So, so Bridge for us, so you, you, how long did you do the, the children yoga thing before you, and what shifted you then into, like, sex education? So between 2001 and 2004, I was teaching yoga to adults and children privately and in groups. In, ba- in the Baltimore In, in Baltimore, area. yeah. Uh-huh. And I also had a part-time accountant. I never really completely got away from accounting until 2009. Um, and, well, then even then, it still shows up every once right. in a while. It's a good thing to fall back on. Yeah. It's a nice skill to have to fall back yeah. on. Um, but I... Um, Totally lost track for a second. So yeah, it's okay. So so you you between oh so so 2001 2004 I was teaching a lot of yoga classes. I was um, also I had a part time accounting position as a manager for a, club, a private club, and I was um, the primary caregiver for my mom who had been very ill for a long time. And then uh, in 2004 I uh, left my marriage, and I was staying at friends and figuring out what I was going to do because I really felt like, you know, things were really coming to uh, completion with my mother. I knew that wouldn't be much longer. And I spent my entire life in Baltimore, and I, and I just couldn't really see doing that. Um, mm-hmm. So it was a matter of figuring out where I was going to go. So I ended up in Ojai, California. And um, I really was focusing a lot on my sexual healing. Just, you know, um, the challenges that I had sexually uh, throughout my whole adult life really had a lot to do with the um, the challenges in my marriage. You know, it was money and so sex. Money and we sex. All have so tell me a little bit about those, though, if you could be specific about those sexual challenges, because people want to know that. They want to know that they are normal, mm-hmm. and they want to know, people want to know that there's a way that they can get better. They want to know that what, what the experience is really normal given the culture. So what were some of your normal sexual challenges? Well, you know, I don't know if they're really normal sexual challenges or um, extreme sexual challenges. Oh, okay. We'll find out. Cause I, I'll, I'll, uh, I'll say that they're yeah. normal. I'm going to just, gonna I don't even know what you're going to say yet. Yeah. And given where I sit as a Tantra master, I'm going to say that they're normal. Wow. <laughs> Not too often I hear that word especially with myself. So. You, yeah, that's true. Can, me neither. Can you give an idea of what some of the challenges were? Well, I, yeah, I, I actually ex- experienced um, extreme pain upon penetration almost all the time. And I had actually reached a point where I had somehow figured it because a lot of it was all very, I'm very, I've always been intuitively gifted. Um, so somewhere along the way I realized that if I could get myself into a state of orgasm that it wouldn't hurt. So I would get myself into that state, but I didn't really know how to work with the energy. So it was very, it was in a very depleting way, and I was sending the energy out of my body. And then I would reach this point where I just couldn't orgasm anymore, and then immediately it would be excruciating. I mean, it felt, um, I was, it felt like razor blades. Razor blades inside yeah. you. Yeah, it was pretty intense. And and that pretty much my whole adult life, um, that was the experience. I've just actually written. A, why, why would anyone have sex? If I had razor blades, and I'm going to still say it's normal, by the way. Yeah. I think there's probably, 
probably way more. Gazillion people out yeah. there who have so much pain inside themselves in the, in their vaginas. What? Uh, so why would you even have sex? What motivated you to have sex if you knew it was so painful? Well, you know, I enjoy intimate connection. Um, when I was in a state of orgasm, I mean, it was, I mean, I was multi-orgasmic and in extreme pain at the same time. It was a really strange um, yeah. experience. It's like, so, you know, my whole thing is if I could just focus on um, the feeling good part, you know, and then just pretend the other part wasn't there. <laughs> but, but that was really challenging because with the, you know, the job that I had and the hours I worked and, you know, like all of that. Um, and, you know, and it, I didn't have the, the, um, the happiest, strongest in marriages. So right. it was, it was really hard on him, you know, the whole, cause it was very hard for him to, you know, how does someone, um, make love to their wife knowing they're causing her pain when they love her. Exactly. You know? And so it was a real, it was a real head trip for both of us. Yeah. It was a very difficult Is there any, are there anything else? Are there other, se- were there other sexual, uh, they're almost like sexual side effects. Were there, were there well, any other, was there anything else that? I truly believe my, my endometriosis and my hysterectomy were completely related to all of this. Okay. Um, so I, you know, I, I just recently, there's a book coming out at the end of this month that's called, um, Heart of the Flower, the Book of Yoni's. And it's a compilation of 50 different women, and there's um, photographs of their yoni. And photographs yoni of is, uh, in case yes. someone doesn't know, yoni is the Sanskrit word for vagina. Yes. And it actually means sacred womb or sacred cave. Yes. So there are photographs in this book, the book of so sacred So I've yoni. gone from, like, not being able to take off my clothes in the locker room to, yes, my yoni is going to be in this book. And um, so there's three pictures of it, that, of her. And there's a picture of a flower that was chosen to be in alignment with her. And we were all asked to write our own story about our relationship with Arione. So there's a very kind of brief synopsis of this whole thing that um, is appearing in that book, which I'm really excited about. So I'm hoping it will really inspire other women to recognize um, what's possible. Because, um, you know, the, the challenges I have, I was very um, sexually active as a teenager. Uh-huh. And the problems started happening fairly, not at the beginning, I had a couple of years of amazing sexual experiences as a teenager. And then I had some specific experiences that happened that I could tell you the moment, the date, the time that everything changed. Didn't really know why, but I knew when. And um, and so I spent many, you know, most of my adult life um, really tr- trying to get back to that place of what I knew was possible. Because um, I had experienced it, so I knew it was possible. I had to figure out how to get back to there. So, you know, once I left my husband and started on my own journey, I was doing a lot of different things to really work with. Because I, I, mean, I, I really, uh, I was studying um, Ayurvedic medicine. I used to offer yeah. um, karma and different Ayurvedic um, practices for um, for greater health and, and restoration. And um, so I had talked, to, I was studying with the Sant Lad, and I talked to Dr. Lad about the challenges I had because it was I was so contracted and sore inside. Um, and I thought, well, maybe there's something here um, that can help to heal the inside of, of my. I, I, I really, li- I just want to acknowledge you and like that you went outside the box towards the Eastern mm. segment that you didn't go for traditional medicine or start getting medicated like have heavy Prozac or whatever. So that you could have, some, maybe you did. No. So yeah, you the didn't most go to any of those uh, dep- antidepressants oh, gosh, no. to get yourself stoned out. No. Uh, to deal with the situation and the braveness of leaving the husband. I mean, because a lot of women in your situation wouldn't leave a man who at least gets it, like how to strike out when you have all this pain and how are you ever going to have sex again with a different 
with a different lover. Well, you know, I, I felt that considering I'd already had a hysterectomy and I wasn't really healing this aspect within the marriage, I really felt that I would end up with some form of uh, cancer if I if and I would die. That it was literally a matter of life and death. I mean, that was. I don't want to sound melodramatic, but uh, and at the same time, you know, that was the intuitive hit that I had is that if I don't address this, you know, it's going to mean my life. Yeah. Well, on that note, I just I, I'm talking here with Leela Sullivan, and it's a very interesting interview here because she really started out. In corporate America, she moved herself into a yoga teacher for for young people and even infants who were special needs infants and then moved over to her own sexual healing and now is working with other people. It's quite a saga, and we're going to hear more about how she actually works with adults now, with women, men, and couples to help them uh, reach sexual wholeness and erotic freedom. So please stay tuned. We'll be right back. Have you ever wanted something really different from a plain old Swedish massage? If you want an extraordinary private bodywork session, call Krishna Naidu. Krishna definitely has the touch. He offers yoga fusion therapy, embodiment therapy, individual tantra sessions, and even private yoga classes. I hope this intrigues you. His work is subtle yet tremendously effective, and I know his clients keep coming back for more because I'm one of them. For more information about the sessions and to find a session near you, call Krishna Naidu at 857-891-8090. That's 857-891-8090. Call Krishna Naidu today. Sessions are regularly available in New York, Boston, Washington, D.C., Phoenix, and Scottsdale. Have you tried lubrications during sex only to find out that your partner feels that they feel so artificial? or that one of you, either your partner or you, has gotten some kind of an irritation. Well, today I'm talking to Shana Venice, who is the founder of New Zealand Pure, which is a unique product line for sexual wellness, and she's going to be discussing silk with us. Silk is a new and unique lubricant. Shana, tell us a little bit about this vaginal thing that happens or this other kind of thing, genital thing that happens, these irritations and this falseness. What can people do with silk? Well, the beauty of silk is um, it does mimic your own vaginal secretion. So you can put the silk on and he'll never know the difference. And that's the beauty. It is almost similar to you. And what silk does, made with kiwi vine extract, very similar to aloe vera, but different. And what it does is it helps balance the pH of the vagina. So if your vagina is a little bit too acidy, it will bring it more into being more alkaline. If it's too alkaline, it'll add a bit of acid because you need that to kill off bacteria. So it's an antifungal, antibacterial, and a product that will help you balance your own pH. It sounds terrific. People, you can get this product by going to silk, S-Y-L-K-U-S-A.com. That's silkusa.com. Well, we're back with Tantra Cafe. This is Laurie Handler, your host. And I wanted to mention to you that you can find out more about the International School of Temple Arts. This international school is developing not only conferences and trainings worldwide, but a consortium of practitioners and educators who cooperate and benefit from expanding the network across continents 
across cultures, across mores, and across history. If you're a sex educator or interested in this and would like to find out more about temple arts, please go to www.schooloftemplearts.com. That's schooloftemplearts.com. I also want to remind you that today's show is brought to you by Silk, a personal lubricant that enhances your pH on the inside. So Leela and I are talking about this this whole transition that she's had. So here you are. It's today. You 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 in Ayurveda. You you were trying to heal yourself. You were hoping there was a solution, and we we kind of kind of roll it towards whoa. What solution did you find, and then how did you branch out into becoming a sex educator? Because it's quite, it's really, it's an amazing transition. Yeah. It's been quite fun, quite a path. <laughs> it's been quite a, quite a great ride, actually. Um, so, I, Dr. Ladd had recommended that there's a type of, um, you know, ghee is something that we think of as clarified butter, um, that, in a lot of Ayurvedic medicine, it's used. It actually is used medicinally, sure. and often herbs are added to it. So there's a type of herb called shatavari, which is um, really meant to support a woman's reproductive system. And so Dr. Ladd made it a form of ghee that has shatavari incorporated into it, infused into it. And so he recommended that I place that on a tampon and put it in at night, and that that would allow the shatavari ghee to really work with the actual tissue in a very direct way. And uh, I'd stopped wearing tampons in my 20s because I just, and I tried, but it was just, like, way too painful. So he said, okay, well, try a little piece of cheesecloth. And I'll never forget, it took me five minutes to get that little piece of cheesecloth with the um, ghee on it inside myself. And I thought, okay, well, it really felt like sandpaper against raw skin. And, and I thought, okay, well, I think I can sleep with this inside me. And um, and so I did. I went to bed that night, and I slept through the night. And then it actually took longer for me to get it out. It was even more painful to get it out. And when I finally got this little piece of cheesecloth out, I'd actually bled from this little piece of cheesecloth. Wow. The first time I'd actually seen blood coming out of me yeah. in, um, you know, many years because of my hysterectomy. So, um, yeah, I, I, that was how that was really how bad it was. So I just kept working with the ghee and tampon until I could get to a tampon, and then I worked my way up to three tampons. It took me a year. It was a very diligent practice where you know, it was a lot of um, forgiveness and a lot of you know just loving myself and and wanting to hold space for myself in the process and to know it was possible and. and um, did you have any support people? Were there any people around who knew besides this doctor, mm-hmm. or were there any people around who were going through similar things? Um, I had some friends that I shared. I didn't really share. No, I mean no. I really didn't seek a support system. Yeah. I mean I'm sure it was there if I had looked for it, but I, you know, I, I yeah. was pretty much doing my own thing and and figuring out, just finding it myself. You know, finding for myself. Well, you know, how can I? You know, and really a direct conversation with my own body to figure out what it needed. That's so tantric. Yeah. <laughs> it really is. It's so tantric to ask your body for the answer uh-huh. and have your body give it to you. Yeah. Yeah, it's very true. Well, it turned out, as I reflect back now, I look back, there were so many tantric influences that I really didn't wasn't aware of at the time. Um, it's, it's really remarkable. It's been very guided, very, very guided. Um, so I went from all, you know, I got myself up to, you know, three, because I was really, by sleeping with them in at night, it allowed my body to relax. This part of it was like this, you know, contraction I'm like oh something's coming in let me contract right and so by working with the tampons inside me and sleeping with them it allowed my body to relax with something inside so that the muscles will started to be more open 
so good. And more aware. This is such a good tip for people Absolutely. because there are people. There are so many people who need something like this to work with something like they can sleep with a wand in them, mm-hmm. a lucite wand or something. Well, actually, that, I believe in crystal wands, and crystal so wands. I went once I was done with the ghee process. I switched to crystal wands, and so rose quartz. I've used different ones for different because uh, they, you know, they all carry different energies. Rose quartz, I think, because rose quartz really, you know, it's a very heart-centered, loving energy that it embodies. Um, that really felt like the right thing for me as the next step. And so I worked with crystal ones inside me. And I was really working my way up to a point where, okay, now I can, um, you know, I'm ready to have a human inside me <laughs> and to take that step. And so um, I call it the Tantra Tour of the U.S. I still had um, half of my stuff in storage in Baltimore. And I moved, to, you know, I was in California for a year. And then I found a new place to live and that was going to allow me to have all my things. And so uh, a friend that was supposed to help me couldn't at the last minute. And so another friend said, oh, well, this guy, you know, he's getting ready to come to Ojai, and, and um, you met him last summer very briefly. I bet you he'd do the, the trip with you. And and he was a, a sexual healer who had um, not been working for many years in that field because he had gotten married and blah, blah, you know, the whole story with the wife not really appreciating the work and all that. And so he, had, um, he was just coming back into the work. And so when I arranged to do this trip and have him help me drive the truck, I said, well, you know, I'm not really attached to what route we take because I've driven truck cross country a few times. So he planned a reunion tour for himself across the country where he could reconnect with all of his buddies in the Tantra community. So I call it the Tantra Tour of the U.S. because, you know, that was where I learned all these things as I was bringing the rest of my stuff from Baltimore to be with me out in California and, and really closed the door to Baltimore. It was amazing. So we went to um, – Asheville, North Carolina, and I learned all about um, drum circles and sound healing, and that was an amazing experience. And then we went to Austin, Texas, and I learned about ecstatic dance and raw food. And then we went to Sedona, and I met Baba Dev, because that was one of the stops was um, the Sedona Temple. Oh, great. And, and Baba Dev, you know, has been a guest on yeah, the show. Yeah, A few times. A few times. Yeah. yeah. And so I knew that when I was ready for that next step of actually working with a human being, that um, I was going to come see Dev. And um, so that ended up being a couple months later, and I actually uh, had a session with Des and Maya together. It was when they were working together. And uh, and I had a session with both of them together that lasted about three hours. And um, I came out of that session knowing that this was work I was meant to do. So they and, so, and profoundly so, shifted. So a man and a woman, tell us a little bit about the session. So you're a woman. Tell us what you can tell us on radio. <laughs> So well, you're a woman, as a man and a woman, their highest intention is for you to heal sexually. So I got that, I got just by looking at your face that it was a turn on a lot and you probably don't want to talk about that. <laughs> <laughs> well, it was, a, it was a cool session. It was really good. It was, um, well, I, you know, I didn't really mention that before I was married to my husband, I was in an eight year relationship with a woman. Okay. That ended in her suicide. And oh. so I had not been with a woman. You know, I'd always identified as being bisexual as a teenager. You know, uh-huh. I was very aware of my um, pretty even appeal and like of, of men and women. And um, so after she died, I had not been with another woman since. And um, so when I saw that Des offered sessions with Maya, you know, I'm like, oh, you know, it's like they'll like kill the, you know, what is it, kill a bird with two I don't know, what is that expression? Horrible expression. It's all about killing animals. Yeah, killing a bird with two (laughs) stones. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. 
So I was like, oh, well, I'll just knock it all out at once. I'll have a session with both of them, and I'll deal with all the stuff around, you know, like my resistance to being with women, and I'll deal with my stuff around, you know, the pain, the pain anticipated the, by yeah, being yeah. with a man. Yeah. But here's the thing. I mean, this is it's important that um, that people get a sense, though, of what a session like this is like. And your sessions might be really different, you know, the sessions that you offer people. Mm-hmm. But to know something about what they could expect if they're really if they really go for it and they really want to be healed. Like it's like you said in the last segment that your life was at stake. Mm-hmm. So you do anything. So Well, uh, you know, I really feel like one of the things that's um really been profoundly helpful to me and where I talk about the idea of sexual wants derived freedom is really being able to very consciously ask for what we want and create boundaries for ourselves and to speak them. So to be in a session where it's all about I pay them to be there and it's up to me to now share why I'm there and what it is I'm looking for yeah. and what are my intentions and what are my desires yeah. and what are my fears and to really speak it and to be willing to have that voice. And I think that that's one of the things that, you know, in a session with any person in this field, that's one of the really beautiful things that one can gain from it is that ability to really show up and Speak for yourself and to empower yourself to have a voice to express what your needs, desires are, whether they get fulfilled or not. You know, just depending on who you're with and, and, and what the energy and the connection between the people are and what their personal um, preferences about how they work in right. their field. Um, you know, just because you have a desire doesn't mean it's going to get fulfilled. But to have someone hold space for you to express that desire and not shame you. Or have you be wrong That's for so it? so important. It's very healing. This whole, the whole removal of shame. Well, I know that Baba Dez says that his mission in life is to remove shame from people. To take yeah. the shame away. So to not shame you. So can't stress that enough. Yeah. So, so it was, it was a very powerful session. Um, and that's probably all I really want to say about that session. Okay. Um, and when I came out of it, I thought, wow. You know, I've been working my whole life on this, and I already see myself as a healer and doing healing work. I've been working, you know, with, with body work and essential oils and aromatherapy and tarot cards and all these different things. And my whole focus in, for the last 30 years has been my sexual health. And I just had the most profound shift in the three hours that I've had in 30 years. There's something here, and I've got to figure out what that is. So luckily, you know, Des has these awesome conferences that he offers, and so – um, the very next one he was having was the one in Atlanta in the fall. And so I decided I was going to start going to conferences and meeting people and networking and finding out just, you know, how did people earn a living in this field and what did that look like and what were the possibilities so I could figure out what my role would be and how that would work. And um, and the really uh, interesting thing is that, you know, there's an organization called ASEP, the Association of Sexual Energy Professionals. And the very first ASEP conference was happening a month after the Atlanta conference here in Phoenix, as a matter of fact. All of the ASEP conferences have been here in Phoenix. And so uh, I met a lot of people at the Atlanta conference, and a lot of them, including the, per- the gentleman I'd gone cross-country with, he was presenting at the ASEP conference. And I looked, and I realized it was this brand-new nonprofit that was forming. I thought, huh, I wonder if they have a treasurer. Because <laughs> I thought, here's yeah, a way. Yeah, you are in finance. Right. Because I thought, I'm looking for how can I you know, fit into this world, and what, you know, what can I do? And that was a very natural, easy fit right away. So I became the initial treasurer, the founding treasurer of ASAP. That's such a great. And helped get that organization off the ground. That's so great. That's so great. We're um, 
We're going to take a break here for a moment. We'll be right back. You're listening to Tantra Cafe, a program for spiritual enlightenment. I'm with Leela Sullivan today. I'm Laurie Handlers, your host, and we'll be right back. I, Laurie Handlers, the host of this show, personally invite you to come with me on a tantric tour of the heart of India on November 21st to December 3rd, 2010. You'll see the Taj Mahal, of course, and visit the fabulous Fadipur Sikri, home of the great Mughal King Akbar. You'll experience the Sacred Lake in Pushkar, and then you'll tour the pink city of Jaipur. Then, at dawn, from a boat on the Ganges in Varanasi, you'll see exquisite Hindu prayer rituals. Then you'll tour Sarnath, where the Buddha gave his first speech after attaining enlightenment. And finally, you'll get to explore the exotic Kama Sutra temples in Kajiraho. All throughout the tour, you'll learn tantric techniques and principles, and I promise you'll feel a tremendous sense of well-being as we delve into these simple yet potent tantric tools. Please note, no previous experience of tantra or yoga is necessary to come on this tour with me. I invite you to join me in this unique experience joining the incredible, incredible country of India. I must warn you, this is not your typical tour, and you are not the typical tourist. For more information about this exciting tantric tour of the heart of India, contact Lori at ButterflyWorkshops.com or write to her at info at ButterflyWorkshops.com. Many times on Tantra Cafe, you've heard my guests and me discuss emotional release techniques. Now, you can do emotional release work in the privacy of your own home. In my CD, Shamanic Release in Latihan, I create a very, very safe and sacred space in which you can do the powerful work I'm known for in my Tantra courses. First, I set you up with the proper positioning and breathing, and then I guide you through emotional states to the beat of tribal African rhythms. Try the CD as an easy way to do your personal clearing work on a regular basis and watch your relationships walk free from emotional baggage. You can order my CD at ButterflyWorkshops.com for only $20. I believe you're worth it. I hope you do. Go to ButterflyWorkshops.com and get your copy now and walk free from emotional baggage. You're listening to Tantra Cafe, a program for spiritual enlightenment. I'm Laurie Handlers, your host, and I'm back today with Leela Sullivan. And she's telling us about how she went from a corporate life to being a sexual educator, being somebody who helps people really get their sexual wholeness. And Lila's just been sharing with us how she got her wholeness. I just want to let you know that you can write to me at laurie at tantracafe.com if you have more questions for Leela or if you have questions about any of my guests, please write to me at any time or you can write to me on Twitter or Facebook. Or you can just find me as Laurie Handlers. So Leela, this, this, I mean, we're getting somewhere with your healing and yes, like sir. I can see how you've dedicated your life to this. Yes, I have. So when you offer to men and women or, or, or couples their possibility of a sexual healing, like what are some of the kinds of things people come to you with different or distinct from what you were coming with? Um, well, I've had, uh, I've had women come that have 
are having challenges with being orgasmic or are in a similar situation in terms of experiencing a lot of pain mm-hmm. and um, I'm wanting to work through that. Um, I also work with a lot of men with um, premature ejaculation, erectile dysfunction. Um, uh, people are just wanting to experience a higher level of sexuality, you know, uh, looking at the possibility of energetic sex and being multi-orgasmic as a man or multi-orgasmic as a woman and, and what that can be. Um, and working with couples around communicating, you know, or how to work with each other in a way, or not work with each other. Mm. It is like work. It is like work. It is like work sometimes, yeah. working with each other or communicating with each other without the shame. Mm-hmm. Listen, I have a friend who said he was with somebody most recently his relationship was like six and a half years. And he said his, he has this fantasy about being tied up and hung upside down and gotten receiving oral sex, and he said he could just never tell her that. That's mm-hmm. just, he just would never, in a million, he could tell me that. Mm-hmm. He could tell any friends that a couple of years later, he would tell, but he said he could just never see himself just coming clean and saying that which, a fantasy which kind of rules him in a certain way, that he could never get that because he could never say that to his beloved. Mm-hmm. So is that pretty, is that the kind of, well, that's where I think to me, you know, for, to really inspire people to empower themselves to be authentic and transparent about who they are and what they want. Um, and to, to really just break through these barriers of shame. And, uh, you know, I had one of the uh, people that mentored me had used to always say, you know, sometimes just speaking the desire is enough. And being seen and, and, and having that, you know, being witnessed for having a desire. Really, the, the, the desire can sometimes just go away. It was more because this idea that it couldn't be spoken and it couldn't be had was what gave it all the energy. And that, that once that it was spoken. And I used to think, really? I mean, that just didn't make any sense to me. And then I experienced it. I experienced where it really, you know, that's part of We get so caught up in this energy of not speaking it and that we get so wrapped up in it that, you know, a lot of times, it's really, it's not that big a deal once we, the big deal is, is speaking it. Yeah. It's, it's really yeah. having the, being the power, of, you know, of the voice to speak our truth, which is, you know, this country's all about. Yeah, well, it's, our, it's our what ideally. it's all about, but it doesn't mean anything. People are so, people are so withholding. And they actually punish people by not, I mean, it's an important lesson that if I'm not speaking my truth in relationship with you, then there's something between us. But it's over here with me, and you don't even know. Right. So I'm going to withhold, and I'm, I start resenting myself. I start resenting you. I start fantasizing about why I can't tell you what's wrong with you that I can't tell you, when, in fact, it's my choice or my decision mm-hmm. to withhold out of shame or out of guilt or out of I don't want to hurt mm-hmm. your feelings. Or There's lots of reasons. But I was, I've always been one to think, well, if I don't really understand your truth and where you're coming from, how can I possibly, like, what chance is there? I mean, like, how can it be a win-win situation if I don't even know, like, what the hand, like, if we're playing, you know, with a deck of cards, like, if I don't even know what the hand is, like, how can I possibly work with it exactly. in a successful way, you know? So that's where people find me. It's probably a little off-putting for some people, but I, I tend to be very um, frank, <laughs> And very, I, I, you know, I'll just, I speak my truth because I don't really know what else to do, you know, because anything else isn't going to help the situation. And, you know, at least if it's, if it's my truth, there, I feel like there's half a shot of it working out. Exactly. You know? 
I'm totally in alignment with yeah. you. <laughs> I think that's why we get along. That is so why we get along well. so well. That's our neighbors. It's really cool. <laughs> yeah. So, so this is, um, it, this is so important. And I, I, now can you, it's funny to kind of put this spin on it for me, but do you actually get it across to your clients that this is really also a matter of their life? Like it could be their life and death. Like it's the, it's like the quality of life. If they're not living, they're they're dying in a certain way. If they're not full out living, they're dying in a certain way. Is that do you ever I mean, do you go for it like that? No, no? that's not my approach. Okay. You know, I'm I'm more of this like I have this very playful um way of wanting to be uh, a catalyst for empowering them. So I tend to be very focused on the positive and very focused on what's possible. And not by saying, if you, you know, if you don't do this, that, you know, like, it could mean that. I just right. focus on, like, wow, wouldn't you want this? <laughs> you right. know, because, like, I mean, I when I look at, you know, what my life was six, seven years ago and what it is now, I mean, it's pure magic. I have this amazing, you know, and, um, I have so many friends that, you know, that they, they say that they live vicariously through my life because, I, you know, the stories I tell, my latest adventures, I've always had different adventures going. I really ought to have a blog going, but I haven't, right. I haven't really uh, worked on that. Well, soon. It's coming. That, yeah, it's coming it, it is coming. It is well, coming. I understand that you have a book coming out one of these days. One of these yeah. days, yeah. It's about the father and daughter relationship. Yeah. Is that correct? Well, yeah, yes, it is. You know, one of the things that I, you know, that is, often uh, a point of conversation in um, the tantric community and in the sexual healing world is the breakdown of the relationship between men and women or the masculine and feminine. And to me, you know, that, that first crucial relationship is, you know, a daughter and her father or, or a mother and her son in terms of the masculine and the feminine. And um, so I'm doing a lot of research right now. Actually, there's a questionnaire on my website that people can fill out as a father or as a daughter. Um, to really look at their relationship and look at um, how it functions and how it functions specifically related to intimacy. You know, so many girls find that, you know, their daddy's little girl and they sit in his lap and it's all very affectionate and wonderful until, until, one, until she goes through puberty. And then it's right. like, ah, <laughs> you know, and then they, you know, and, and then it, that sh- plays out in many different ways um, and some not so pretty. And, and some men have really, uh, know how to handle that. And so what I'm looking for is, you know, uh, a number of case studies so that I can really provide a full spectrum of the possibilities of how it works and doesn't work. And sadly, I think that for the most part it doesn't work. Um, and then really develop, well, well, how can we do it differently? How yeah, can we really great. shift it? So that, um, and this is a part of actually, you know, Des has done some of this work. Well, wait, before we go to Des, we have to, what's your website so people can fill ah, out this question? My website is my name. It's Leela Sullivan, L-E-E-L-A-S-U-L-L-I-V-A-N.com. So go to LeelaSullivan.com if you're a daughter listening to this program today or a father listening to this program today and fill out this questionnaire to help Leela get this book off the ground because you know what the father-daughter connection in my life has been the strongest in her life has been the strongest and there's so many people out there that this is so critical not a lot a lot has been uh, researched about it Freud really focused on mothers and sons and it's time the daughters really got there, <laughs> two sentences. Oh, well, and the fathers. Yeah. Know, you know, how I came to this was through, was through my own healing process. And, and part of what I think is that, you know, 
fathers really haven't been given the tools and, you know, and, and they've been given a bad rap. I mean, how they're represented on television is they're either predators or they're idiots. And that's just so completely unfair to men. Right. I mean, I think the biggest gift I've received in this work is coming to really love men and see the amazing beings that they are. And I think that that, more than anything, is what men receive from me, is that they're seen for their beauty and not through these filters of they're this or they're that and there's something wrong. It's like or you hit them, you yeah. want to castrate them, and then you've healed that. Right. <laughs> right. I, I just want to, you know, to really um, see them for the beautiful uh, soul that resides in that being and um, and to help it come, help that part of them really come out and um, be a more embodied part of their life. Well, I, this is great. I thank you so much. It's a really, it's a good uh, point of departure. I, I'm happy there's you in my world and I'm happy there's you in everyone else's world. Mm-hmm. So you can get in touch with Leela Sullivan at LeelaSullivan.com. That's L-E-E-L-A-S-U-L-L-I-V-A-N, LeelaSullivan.com. She's based in Phoenix, but she does travel around. You can you can go to her website to find out where she's going to be next. I would certainly love it if you went to my website, ButterflyWorkshops.com, and check out what's happening on my new website. I'm just about to release a whole bunch of new uh, short videos, uh, so there'll be a video library there that you can that you can download. And of course, you can write to me at laurie at tantracafe.com, or you can. I'd love for you to go actually to webtalkradio.net and look at my Laurie's recommended list. So I have a lot of really good practitioners there, books, products, services that can enhance your tantric lifestyle. My guest on my next show is going to be talking about Tantra and hormones, like why it's so critical once you've reached 35 years on the planet to start replenishing your hormones. Both, I know people think it's for women only, but this is hormones for men too. People need to replenish their hormones because people are living longer and longer lives and having your hormones out makes you very crazy. So please uh, listen in next time to Tantra Cafe about hormones. Now I'm just saying goodbye to you. Thank you so much for listening in. Thank you to my new sponsor, Silk. And namaste from Tantra Cafe.